0: This is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Knot Knitting
1: Podcast.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 80, the last episode of this podcast season. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's show, I have a lot to catch you up on, but first I'd like to announce the winner of last episode's drawing giveaway. Everyone who left a comment under the show notes of episode 79 was entered to win a copy of the book, Knit Your Own Zoo, along with a skein of Southlander yarn from New Zealand. I chose a commenter at random using the online random number generator, and I'm happy to report that the winner is Trisha Phelps. Congratulations, Trisha. I'll be in touch with you soon and i'll get your prize mailed out to you right away to everyone else who entered thank you so much for participating i really appreciate it and please don't lose hope i'll be announcing another drawing for you to enter later on in this episode so i'd like to start out today's show by saying thank you i really appreciate all of you listening this past podcast season and for all of your continued support. I love receiving your emails, your Ravelry messages, and all of your comments. And also, I wanted to say thank you to everyone who pre-ordered my new book, Botanical Knits 2. It's beyond rewarding for me to see all of the enthusiasm out there for the new patterns. It makes me feel really good. As I mentioned in my last episode, I wanted to share a little bit about my last experience at Stitches West that I attended in February. I have nothing but super positive things to report about my time there this year. This was by far the best year ever. Everything about it was great. Things went really smoothly. There was no stress. This is my fourth year having a booth at Stitches and I remember the first year just being so nervous. I didn't know what to expect and I I wasn't sleeping. I was just thinking about all the things I had to do and I didn't know if anyone was going to come to the booth and it was, I was kind of a wreck. But <laughs> now four years later, I feel like I can just sit back and enjoy myself. I'm not scared anymore. We've you know, I, we reuse our display items, so I feel like I know, you know, how to set up and what to expect, and it's not scary, it's just fun. This is my fourth time also sharing a booth with Lisa Sanchez of Becoming Art Yarn, and four years into it, I still think we make an awesome team at Stitches. Her yarns are just as amazing as they always have been. And I love how they coordinate with my patterns. Every year she comes out with a new fun collection. And every year I can't wait to see it. This is the first year, however, that we expanded our setup into two booths. And I tell you, I will never be able to go back to just sharing one booth ever again. I feel like this was the best booth setup we have ever had. It was so nice to have more room to display things and more room for customers to walk around. It worked out great. The highlight of the show, of course, is always getting to see you knitters. There are always the knitters that I meet for the first time, which is really fun and exciting, but there are always the knitters that come to our booth every year, and I always look forward to seeing them again. Thank you to anyone listening who stopped by our booth to say hi. All of your compliments made me feel really special and it just made the show so enjoyable for me. It was wonderful to get a chance to chat with everyone. Another great thing, of course, was to see the responses to the Botanical Knits two garments that were on display. It seemed like three samples in particular got all of the attention. The sprig pullover, the Bare Branches sweater coat, as well as the Forest Foliage shawl. Everyone was asking about those, and I started to feel kind of bad because I kept having to tell people that I didn't have the patterns there at the show, and I felt like I was just disappointing people left and right. Um, so I started to feel like maybe it wasn't such a good idea that I had the pattern samples on display without the book to sell. I'll have to time that better next time. So sorry about that. Now, outside of our booth at the show, there were, as always, amazing things to see. A lot of vendors, beautiful items, I mean, of course, all the prettiest yarn in the world seems to make its appearance every year at Stitches West, but just other things too. Um, you know, yarn bowls and Project bags, and fiber, and knitting needles, buttons, the list goes on. Just uh, anyone who is involved in fiber arts, or even just crafts in general, I think would just love going to the show and walking around. There are so many fun things to see. But with that said, I must warn you, it's overwhelming. It'll always be overwhelming for me, it's just too much prettiness in one place. That is something that will never change, but it's really enjoyable. If you live in the California area and you've never been to the Stitches West show, you have to go. I mean, there's stitches all over the United States, there's Stitches South, there's Stitches Midwest, I believe, there's Stitches East, so you must go no matter where you live, Um, but All I know is the Stitches West show, and it's amazing. It's an experience not to be missed. If you're a knitter or a craft enthusiast, you'll love it. I, for one, can't wait until I get to go again next year. So apart from attending Stitches and the Botanical Knits 2 book release, I have been indulging in some personal knitting projects. In a previous episode, You may recall me talking about making the Gramps sweater for my two year old son. Well, several weeks ago now, I finished that little cardigan, and let me tell you, it is so cute! It's just the perfect little old man cardigan, complete with elbow patches and a shawl collar. It turned out even cuter than I hoped it would. When I finished the knitting, I took it with me to the local craft store to pick out the perfect buttons for it, and the ladies working there were seriously swooning over this cardigan. It's just that type of sweater. This would be such a fun sweater to make for a baby shower because the little details are just so adorable. Now, it's been a while since I've knit a sweater for my son, I hate to admit it, but he's nearly two and a half, and the last sweater I made for him was the little oak cardigan, and I made that I think when he was four months old. I was starting to feel like I was neglecting him with my knitting, so it felt really good to have this little sweater for him on the needles. It made me feel like a good knitting mommy. Also, when I was making it, I just could not stop thinking about how extremely cute he would look toddling around in this miniature little old man sweater. So after sewing on the final button, I excitedly bounded into the next room to introduce my son to his new adorable sweater. The reaction I received was not what I was expecting. The sweater introduction was not Met with the three little words that every knitter wants to hear. No. Instead, it was met with the three little words that no knitting mother ever wants to hear. I showed him the sweater and he responded with, No, like it. No, like it. No, like it. Now that's toddler speak for mom. Sorry to break it to you but that sweater you just knit for me is simply not cutting it. It was shocking to say the least. I was definitely in a state of shock and disbelief. I don't think I was processing what was happening as I inched closer to him holding out the sweater with both hands. The closer I got with the sweater, the more he hated it. The negative reaction to this hand-knit sweater was so strong that it was both hurtful and hilarious all at the same time. Fortunately, I got the whole thing recorded for you. I want to show you something. Come here. Oh boy, Mama's got something for you. Look. Hey buddy, you want to try on your sweater? No, I don't like it. What? like it. You don't like it? No I don't like it. Oh, come on. Let's just try it on. It'll no, be I so like it. fun. No I don't like it. Oh. Of course you like it. No I don't like it. It's wonderful. I like it. Let's try it on. No, It'll no. No. It'll be fun. No, no. Come on, buddy. Come no. on. <laughs>
2: Come on, no, just one, no. let,
0: let's just do one sleeve. No. 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 Hey, buddy. No, no. Hey, how, hey, how no. do you feel about sweaters? No. Do, you, do you like sweaters? No, I do So, as you may have been able to tell from that recording, my two-year-old would not even let the sweater touch his body. And he was literally in tears about this sweater. Now, I tried to get him to try it on, but I didn't want to push the issue too much because I didn't want to traumatize the poor child. I didn't want him to battle sweater issues as an adult and to grow up freezing to death in the winter. It's not like I wanted this incident of mom making me put on this horrifying sweater to be brought up in a future therapy session or anything like that. So I stuffed down my feelings of disappointment and dropped the issue. A few days passed, and desperate to try the sweater on and get a photo of my boy in this adorable sweater, I brought it out again. Instantly, of course, I was confronted with more no-like-its. But this time, I had a plan. Now, I'm not proud of it, But it is what it is. I bribed my toddler into a sweater with candy. Yes, it came down to that. Now, if you know me personally, you'll know that I'm not really one to give my toddler candy, usually. So, this completely caught him off guard. He was so distracted and confused by the sudden influx of treats that he practically forgot about how terrifying the sweater was. I slowly was able to put the sweater on him. He obviously wasn't thrilled that he was wearing the sweater, but he was tolerating it, which I appreciated. Now, a few months back, I had all sorts of plans to knit him a whole slew of adorable toddler sweaters, but this experience has caused me to rethink that plan a little bit. It's kind of weird. I never ran into this issue with my daughter when she was little. She always loved everything I made for her, and she was proud to wear it, so that's why I was just really caught off guard by my son's reaction. So. Let me ask, do any of you listening have sweater-hating toddlers out there? Anyone? I hope so. I hope that this is normal. I know toddlers can just be difficult in general. So, if any of you would like to see the hated finished Gram sweater, I did manage to get one photo of my son in it, and I will link to the picture in the show notes if you'd like to check it out. Now currently on my knitting needles are two more sweaters. One is an adult sweater design that I'm working on, along with a baby sweater I'm almost done with. And no, this sweater is not for my son. Learn that lesson. This is instead a six month size sweater that I'll be using as a sample in one of the classes that I'll be teaching at the Friends in Fiber retreat in Alaska this summer. You probably remember me talking about this retreat a few episodes back, but I will be teaching a class on sweater seaming, and I'll be using this newly knit little sweater to demonstrate the techniques. We'll actually be seaming up a little tiny baby sweater in the class together. Now I knit this little sweater using the Snow Capped Yarns Old Salt Collection, which is a yarn hand dyed in Cordova, Alaska, and that's the city that I will be visiting soon. This yarn is gorgeous. It's wonderful to work with. And as I was knitting this little sweater, it made me think all about my upcoming trip. The retreat is scheduled for June 22nd through the 29th, and I'll put a link in the show notes if you'd like some more information. I'm excited about the trip. I've never been to Alaska, but I'm nervous. I don't travel often, so it's a little nerve-wracking, but I know it'll be a really fun adventure. So aside from all the sweater knitting, I've also recently knit up a different sort of knitting project. Now, it's not a garment or an accessory. It's not a toy for my kids. It's not a blanket or a dishcloth or a pillow or a table runner. It's something else entirely. Can you guess what it is? Well, I knit letters. As in alphabet letters. There's this super cute new book out that I wanted to share with you. It's called Knit the Alphabet by Claire Garland. Now, I've loved Claire's whimsical design work for years, so I really enjoyed her new book and also the recent opportunity I had to have a brief interview with her. So first I'd like to share our little conversation with you listeners.
1: So hi Claire, I'm so glad you were able to join us on the podcast today and I'm so glad that we have a chance to chat.
2: Yeah, hi, thanks, thanks for asking me.
1: I'm really looking forward to this. It'll this be good. Great, okay. Well, um, I have your new book here in front of me, Knit the Alphabet, which I seriously adore. I've already knit um, three of the letters and they're adorable and so cute and I've actually been a fan of your work for a very long time. I have a couple of your other books. Um, I have Dream Toys and is it called Knitted Babes? I couldn't find that yes. one in my bookshelf. Yeah, Knitted Babes, yeah. yeah. This is fakes, yeah. So I've yeah. knit oh, lots of your patterns over the years and I've I've just really enjoyed them and so has my daughter, who's been the recipient of, <laughs> of the Aww. knitting. Oh, well, so, that's was kind of you today. Yeah, so I'm. This is just really a fun opportunity for me to get to talk to you yeah. in person. Okay. So, anyways, um, just so our listeners get a chance to learn a little bit more about you, I wanted to yes. start out today's interview by asking you, when and how did you learn to knit? Okay. Well, I I
2: started to knit as part of a school sort of craft lesson. Really, I think I think most of us did about like 40 odd years ago I think that was which was great they don't seem to do it anymore they don't overhear anyway
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, which is just the basic sort of scarf you know when you, you cast on about 20 and end up with about 40 stitches at the end <laughs> that sort of thing right um, but it wasn't about until about 14 years ago or so that um, I sort of really took an interest in it mm-hmm. again sort of thing uh, so I asked my mum for a, a sort of refresher lessons because she knits and, uh, then I sort of, from there, knitted my first doll. So, um, which is quite, that, that's how I started. It, it's funny, because when she, when she did sort of refresh me, I remembered quite a bit from my childhood. I was probably about seven or eight at the time. But you think, well, oh, actually, I don't remember doing that, but I remember doing that, you know. So it was, um, it was, it was good grounding, and I think all children
1: should have that grounding, actually. Yes, I agree. That's cool. So then, from from really getting into knitting in your adult life, how did you get started with designing knitwear, or designing well, toys, I should say?
2: Yeah, I um, well, I I I, I did some tapestry design. I started, but doing designs for um, a lady in card before I went to art college. Mm. And she said, well, why don't you do some embroidery as well, because your work is sort of cl- closely related to embroidery. So I did some embroidery, and I really loved that. So I started to make dolls out of, you know, just fabric sewing dolls and embroidering the faces on them. Oh. And I remember walking around a, a department store in Cardiff where I went to art college, mm. and sort of saw the wool was there. And so I'd, I just had to buy some wool, you know, and see all these lovely colours. I thought, I really, I want to buy some, this wool, not really, you know, intending to make a doll with it, but bought the wool, bought it home, bought a book as well, that was uh, Debbie Bliss's Knitted Toys, just have a quick look through mm-hmm. how you sort of go about making a basic doll, right? and just, uh, just had a go, and sort of just came up with a basic sort of shape, and then mm-hmm. that's. That was my first my first doll, which was based on one of the dolls from the embroidery book. So um, I see that that's how I started, and from then just sort of carried on, the, the, sort of thinking up toys, shapes, and sort of the actual creating of the shape is quite easy with just the decreasing and increasing. You can sort of make any shape doing that, and um, it went on to the horses and. the... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, animal something.
1: Well, what I so enjoy about your books, now, I'm sorry, can you tell me and tell the listeners, what was the first book you published? Was it Knitted Babes or was it a book before that?
2: No, there was a, there was a book before that, not a knitting book, it was the embroidery book. Oh, the embroidery the treasure book, treasures.
1: right. Yeah.
2: Okay, okay. The
1: so the first knitting book, though, was The Knitted Babes?
2: My first, yeah, that's
1: right. Well, I have to tell you, I found that book years ago. When was it published? What year?
2: Uh oh, golly! Uh, it's about sort of about fourteen years ago. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. I knew I knew it was an older book. Well, yeah. I think I discovered it maybe ten years ago, and uh-huh. I loved it. I just I still, you know, it's so funny when I was looking for my books through, um, you know, for this inter- in anticipation for this interview, I was looking through my bookshelf because I wanted to grab all the books that I own that have been yeah. um written by you, and I couldn't find them. And yeah. I finally found one, and it was in my daughter's room, because she always takes it of the bookshelf and looks through it. And I couldn't even find the Knitted Babes book, because that's hidden. Yeah. It's probably under her bed. But oh. she, she loves it, too. And um, what I was going to say, though, is that those dolls, they're not like – because I love to knit toys, and I've knit so many for my daughter. But mm. those dolls are, are different, because they're, they're much more whimsical, and yeah. I love their little embroidered faces. I love the long spindly arms and legs. They're yeah. really adorable. And you yeah. mentioned yeah. about um the use of increasing and decreasing to make different mm-hmm. shapes. And you, yeah. you you do that very well. I I knitted your horse too, and I that's something that I really enjoyed about your toy patterns and also about the letters is that you really know how to make any sort of shape in knitting. It's really yeah. <laughs> It's well, it's quite, it's,
2: like, it's, it's almost like, in the, my head, I think, oh, you can knit anything. You <laughs> <I> can, yeah. <laughs> and it's strange, because people do, don't they now? I mean, people knit things like internal organs and things like <laughs> yeah, that. Don't they? You know, and it's uh-huh. like, because yeah, you can knit anything, any shape you see, you can actually think, well, I can you try and create that. And that's why the letters came about, really, because I thought, well, it'd be quite nice to knit some knitter letters. You can see quite a lot of them in sort of interior shops.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: in magazines true. and things made out of wood or metal or something. I thought, actually, some nice knitted one. I love wool, anyway. I think wool is really, like I said before, there's just there's something about it. You think, I, I want to buy that wool ball of wool. I want to knit with it. I want to do something with it. Mm-hmm. The color of it or the texture of it. So um, knitted letters, I thought, would be really fun.
1: Yeah, Cute. yeah, definitely.
2: And they had to be in one piece because I hate sewing up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right. I understand.
2: Yeah, sewing scenes is not my thing really, so. Sure. That's why they're 3D. Yes, all in one.
1: <laughs> so, I think that with all of the things that I've seen that you've designed, they all have a very whimsical style. You know, the do- mm. the dolls, the um, you know, all of your toy patterns and even the letters. What what's your inspiration behind that?
2: I think it's just, I've, um, I went to art college and I did a bit of illustration there. And uh, everybody used to say my stuff was quite, sort of it was very small and tiny, but it was quite sort of characterful, the way I used to draw. In fact, my daughter does similar sort of drawings to what I used to do. She got her own style, but same, she, I mean, we, I, drew, I used to draw faces and eyes and, mm-hmm. you know, like doll faces, really, not, not human-looking faces. Right. But like big eyes and little lips and things like that. And she does the same thing, instinctively almost. And I think uh, some some things you do and it's just instinctive. You don't know why you do it.
1: Right. You just
2: do it. And I think if, if you doodle, again, it's kind of this thing of letting children just, just doodle, just draw, just get their imagination flowing. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to come out, you know. And, and I think that's where my whimsical things come from.
1: Right. So, just
2: drawing. I don't copy anything from anywhere, just um just, just little sort of sketches and drawers and drawings and if you like it, you think I'll translate that into a, a pattern on a face or something like that.
1: hmm So well I you mentioned you're doodling with the big eyes. I I would mm-hmm. definitely see how that translated into your doll patterns because they all have the big embroidered eyes. Yeah, big round eyes, eye eyes. and eyelashes. Oh, I love it. Those are so cute. So um okay. You went from creating dolls into yeah. the letters, and um, yep. you talked about your reasons for doing so. So, in you know, there must have been a lot of playing around you had to do with your knitting to create all of the, these different shapes with the increasing and decreasing. Was that challenging for you? Or were some letters more challenging yeah. than others?
2: Oh, gosh. Well, I st- yeah, I started with the letter I. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> that's where no, i started.
2: to. i thought right the letter i go for the letter i that's the easy one and then i think p came next i thought well, you've got to get there's a lot of letters with curves in yes but so how do i get that curve and that was increasing and decreasing mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden you think hang on i've got to do a letter s now mm-hmm. which isn't in fact that was that was quite awkward because it's um short row shaping i did on that one so i thought well you can't it's it, it's it's not a, a letter that you can just shape by increasing and decreasing because you're gonna you've got to come back on yourself and round it. Right. My hands are going all over the place. I'm talking to you now, I'm creating the shape in the air. Here. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but um, so that was a challenge. The letter S and C, uh, but then they said, "Can you do an ampersand?" And I thought, oh "My God, <laughs> an ampersand." I <laughs> 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 um that's right. But actually, that was that one turned out okay. I thought that was that was easier than I thought it would be. Yeah, so, um, but the straight the straight ones are the if anybody wants to start knitting one, then try do a straight one first.
1: Right, right. I <laughs> H agree.
2: Or I. Which ones have you done?
1: Well, um, my podcast is called Never Not Knitting, so I did um, the abbreviation for that, so I did N N K. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, and. Yeah they were fun. I really liked them. I, yeah. and I was just really enjoying as I was knitting them, just, um, thinking about how you shaped the knitting. Cause I, you know, yeah. as I said, I really enjoyed your shaping techniques with the toys. And yeah. so I was equally impressed with the letters. It's, it, I just think it, to me, it's mind boggling. I think, man, this must have taken a very long time to figure out.
2: It was quite mathematical. Um, the actual thinking. Uh, then I thought, well, like, some of the letters were looking. They did. I just did them. I just drew them out and then quickly did them. Mm-hmm. And the publisher said, "Couldn't you do them in like a typeface? Actually, would be nicer if they were all similar in mm-hmm. like a typeface style." So I thought, actually, yes, that would be a good idea. So I think it was just Times, just you know, just a basic Times font. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's why they look similar with a serif.
1: Yes, I liked that. That. Yeah,
2: but it actually was good for me because then I could be more controlled with the mathematical side. So they all the same width. right? You know, and they narrow down to all the same widths and that sort of thing, the same number of stitches. Yeah. So it became a bit, bit more easier, but quite, yeah, quite a challenge mathematically. And since I'm useless at math. <laughs> well,
1: you did <laughs> quite good. Odd work.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so how long did it take from start to finish to design the whole alphabet?
2: Well, the, the, there was a short deadline, so I had to work, work like Billy-O in the summertime, basically. <laughs>
1: um,
2: it took So it didn't take too long, but I think if I would have been left to my own devices, it may have taken uh-huh. a year or so, probably. In fact, I'm doing crochet letters at the moment, and I stop and start with those, so they're taking a little while to do. Mm-hmm. But if anybody could, would say to me, can you do them in June or something, I would do I could probably get them done, but it would be quite a pressurized
1: thing. So. Right, I see, yeah. Well, um, so I was thinking as I, when I got your book in the mail, I was yeah. thinking about all of the things I could do with these letters. And you mentioned how you see them in a lot of um, interior design stores, you know, where people yeah. are shopping for their homes, and a lot of people are decorating mm. with letters now. I certainly do, especially in my children's rooms. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the ideas that you have thought of for how to display these knitted letters? Well,
2: I mean I've got some at home they just propped on propped on things really, but I think it'd be quite nice. In fact, I did again with the, one of the crochet letters I put little D rings on the back of them so that you could hang them off the wall. I oh, thought so it'd be quite nice if somebody did one like a, a big word across a wall or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
2: so, our house or something. Or, Home or something like that, but actually on a big wall, I think they look quite striking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, in fact, I do. Um, do you do Pinterest? Oh yes, of course. Yeah, on, on one of my Pinterest um, boards, I've got some letters on there, and um, somebody's actually put the v alphabet, all in different fonts, but they've actually got the the wall with just all the letters of the alphabet on, oh, all cool. different colours, all different sizes, and different fonts as well. It looks quite stunning, actually.
1: Yeah, they like wall
2: art. That's mm-hmm. yeah, quite nice. Or even just if you knitted them like, uh, with, there's a cushion or something, or a or pillow, um, and put it on a sofa. Right. Like a, a word like sit or something like that. Uh-huh. That would that be cute. Be, that could be quite fun, couldn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. what I like too is that you offer the three different gauge options so mm. that the knitters can make little letters up to big, you know, letters yeah. on a bulky wool. So, you know the little letters may have more applications than say a big gigantic letter. Like the big gigantic yeah. ones would be would be a great pillow. I was thinking if I had more time, I wanted to knit um, the first letters of my children's names and then yeah. make like a big like uh, and put it on because my kids share a room right now. So um, yeah. I thought it would be cute to put. Um, an A on my daughter's bed and an O on my son's bed. And, you yeah. know, I just thought that would be so cute. Like, out of yeah, bulky look, wool, like a little pillow.
2: Yeah, it'd look fun. Yeah. And, and also, um, my husband actually said put magnets on the back of them and you can stick them on fridges oh, and things like well, that. I thought, that's, that's quite, a quite nice. nice. The idea. small ones. Yeah, that's cute, isn't it? With the little small ones or something. That yeah, so would look quite nice.
1: Because they have alphabet magnets now, just made out of plastic, you know, for kids. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly, and they like that,
1: don't oh, they? Oh, that so would be adorable. That would be, that make such a wonderful gift too. Yeah.
2: For a child. Well, I've given my, um, girlfriends, you know, letters for their, you just like, but you think, can I get my friend for their birthday? So I've made them, you know, initials, their initials.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, you
2: know, they're quite well received, so that's quite good.
1: Yeah, that's an, that is a really nice gift. Mm. Or, and they
2: don't take too long to knit either, do they? No, like,
1: no, not at all. Yeah. They're definitely quick. And, as, I mean, I'm sure, like, if, if you do the simpler letters, too, they would be even, fa- like, yeah. the I.
2: <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. If you've got a friend with the initial I, then you, you, you're onto a winner, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, well, very cool. Uh, I I loved your book, and I, I really hope that everyone listening will check it out, too. It's a really, really fun one. Very unique. Yes. Yeah, so, um. As you know, I'm obviously a big fan, and so I want to know, what what are your future plans? Do you have any books in the future? You said something about crocheted letters. Is that
2: yes, coming out now? I, uh, Yeah, I, I haven't got a publisher. Yeah, I haven't actually presented that one yet because I haven't done them, but um, I think they'd be quite nice. Mm-hmm. In fact, I did some, and I, I actually, because the stuffing is quite awkward with knitting and crochet sometimes, because you end up with, the stuffing comes through, can't it, sometimes, yes. if you're not. I haven't got a tight sort of gauge
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, so I did um, I made a felt form on the inside oh and then stuffed them so almost like the, the crochet was like the cover alright you know what I mean
1: mm-hmm.
2: so that was quite good and um, so with the crochet ones I'll probably adapt that I see also I think numbers would be quite nice too wouldn't they oh Just
1: yeah definitely yeah. yeah
2: and also I said to the publisher should I do a question mark I <laughs> said <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a bit impossible. So now I'm thinking, no, it's not impossible. I will do a question mark yeah, and an exclamation we, mark.
1: You have to think about that dot.
2: Well, yeah, it's separate, isn't it? But I thought maybe it could be hanging off
1: oh. or pom-pom or
2: something. I don't know. That's a great idea. <laughs> Watch this space.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, wow, I can't wait to see. That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I, I do hope you do that. That would be really neat. Yeah, me, huh? I'll do that. I'll, that I'll that do out. That. Very cool.
2: <laughs> a pom-pom dot.
1: There we go. Well, that's really exciting. Um, Well, I look forward to seeing what you come up with next, and and it's just been a pleasure getting to talk to you and getting to know you a little bit, so thanks again. Yeah, oh, you're welcome. Nice to talk to you. Okay, well, I hope you have a great day, and I hope to chat with you again soon. Thank you. Thanks very much.
0: So, as you heard me say in the interview, I knit the letters NNK from her new book, and they are so adorable. Now, these are three dimensional letters which are stuffed with fiberfill, so they have many uses. I think that these letters are so fun and there's so many ways you could use them in gifts or around the home. If I was super mom, I would love to complete the entire alphabet for my kids. That would be so fun to play with and wouldn't that be such a fun learning tool? So I invite you, check out this really cool book And also, as always, I have a copy of Knit the Alphabet, kindly provided by the publisher, to give away to one of you listening. So if you'd like to enter to win this book, please leave a comment under the show notes of episode 80 on my blog. And in your comment, please tell me your ideas of how you'd like to use these knitted letters in your home. I really look forward to reading what you come up with. Because this is kind of a special episode, being the end of a season and all, I do have another little something to add to this episode's giveaway prize. I was recently sent a charming sterling silver necklace from jewelry designer Shirley Campbell. But this is no ordinary necklace. This necklace has a dainty little pendant of knitting needles and yarn. It's delicate, it's pretty, and it's perfect for those of us in love with knitting. Shirley created this design for her co-worker, who's a knitter, and she even offers a matching earring set and ring in her Etsy shop. It's so cute, and it's a perfect gift for a knitting friend. Or if there by chance are any husbands listening, this would be a really nice gift for your wife if she's a knitter. I think she'd love it. What I like about the necklace is the size of the pendant. It's not big or garish. It's delicate and small. I plan on wearing my necklace constantly. You can find the Knit Me Something necklace, earrings and ring, in Shirley's online Etsy shop called Wear Thou, which I'll link to in the show notes. But Shirley has been kind enough to contribute one of these beautiful necklaces to this drawing's giveaway. This necklace is a $40 value, and I think that this is a really great prize to win. So just to sum up, the winner of this episode's giveaway on my blog will be receiving this necklace along with a copy of the Knit the Alphabet book by Claire Garland. This is a giveaway not to be missed. So please hop on over to my blog at nevernotknitting.com to enter to win. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode, along with all episodes of Never Knot Knitting, can be found on my blog. And again, that's at neverknotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Knot Knitting. And I invite you to please join the Ravelry groups that I have there. I have one for the Never Not Knitting podcast listeners as well as those interested in the Botanical Knits designs. We also have a Facebook page that I'll be linking to in the episode's show notes if you'd like to follow us there. And if you'd like to directly get in contact, you can always email me at, at gmail.com. Thank you so much again for listening to today's episode. And I hope that you'll join me back. I'm going to take a little bit of a break. I will be back podcasting again in July. But no doubt I will have a lot of new things to share. I'll be back from my Alaska trip by then. And I'm sure I'll have so many adventures to relate. Until next time.
3: She won't even do the dishes. The houseplants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care Never not knitting. And it's making her, her husband mad. Her husband mad. Stop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching. And the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now it's just it. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yard in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She, she just won't, won't stop, stop her, her stitching. stitching, and the neighbors say, say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The um, house is burning up, up in flames. flames. Oh, 911. Her husband says, get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project She says, just let me finish up this row She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad She just won't stop her stitching And, well, she's losing all she had